Good afternoon. Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's my father, the great Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. Uh, it's the dog days of summer, kind of not really yet. We got six weeks of no football, but the conversation must go on. And my dad and I, during these times, like to rank things, list things. So it's a list show. How you doing, Dad? I'm fine, son. How are you? I'm terrific, Dad. How are you? Batting a thousand. Okay. Uh, people in the in the comment section, tell me if my dad's audio sounds a little different. I can't tell. If it is, I'll fix it. But just make I it short. I want to know. I could turn it up. Turn it. I turned it up. How's that? I think that's good. You might not. Are you sure you're talking into the microphone and not the? Uh, are you sure your microphone's on? Go to settings. Are you serious? Click on the settings. I want to make sure at the bottom settings. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm ruining the show. Okay. Audio? Yeah. Okay. It says microphone Yeti. Is that what it's supposed to be? There you go. To be? All right. And, we'll, and we'll communication. Talk right into that thing. All right. Sorry. Talk right into that. Yeti? Talk right into that thing. Make, make because I don't want to be. There you go. Okay. There you go. How's that? How's that? Better. Great. Better. Phenomenal. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm talking. I'm talking. All right. So we're going to go historical perspective today. Not just the last 10 years. We're going back to 1979. And. Before we start, I want to acknowledge that the 49ers did not start in 1979. They have a glorious history from the 40s through the 70s. I wasn't there. You weren't there. We're not talking about it today. Sorry, Hugh McElhaney and John Brody. <laughs> so let's go ahead. We're going to go head yeah, coaches, I'm quarterbacks. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. Yeah, you weren't here. I wasn't alive. Sue us. Okay. okay. Let's rank the 49ers head coaches from best to worst since 1979, starting with the best. Okay. Who could it be? Bill Walsh. Who could oh, yeah. it be? Bill Walsh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bill Walsh. Yeah. So he's unanimous by acclamation, number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number two has to be George Seifert. Um, let me just say why. He won two Super Bowls. Yeah. These guys ain't won no Super Bowls. And a lot of people say, well, the first Super Bowl he won, it was Bill's team. True. He did inherit a phenomenal team from Bill. A lot of guys would have screwed it up. He didn't. Yeah. And then yeah. he won a Super Bowl on his own. George should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't believe he is. He should be in the Hall of Fame. One hell of a coach. Yeah, um, and let's not forget the Super Bowls he won as a coordinator. Good point. I mean, the Niners were great. They were known for their offense, but it, correct me if I'm wrong, their defenses were always as good as their offenses were when Seifert was around. Yeah. He yeah. Was, he was phenomenal. And I know there was one time when they were preparing for a game and Holmgren was the offensive coordinator, Bill was gone and he showed the game plan to uh, George and G George was a defensive coach. And, he, and George said, I can beat this, do it again. Wow. Said it to you, you, you think a lot about Bill Walsh having his coaching tree and Seifert being in it. But then again, Seifert was a head coach for a while, eight years, won two Super Bowls. He has his own coaching tree. His defensive coordinator in 1996 and 1997 was Pete Carroll. His That's offensive right. coordinator when he won his second Super Bowl was Mike Shanahan. So in a sense, Kyle Shanahan is in the George Seifert tree. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. George Seifert doesn't get enough credit. I think he has four rings, too, as a coordinator. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Iggy, he's a very modest person. Ira not a self-promoter. Not a self-promoter. Not yeah. a drama queen. Right. Ira Miller has been to his house, I think Bodega Bay or something like that. And Ira said, 
you'd never know he was a football coach. There's no football memorabilia in the house. That's so cool, so relatable. Yeah. I, and I think I'm correct. People could check me if I'm wrong. But as soon as they fired George Seifert and brought in Mariucci, that defense uh, went to crap immediately, if I remember correctly. Seifert was and, a serious defensive coach, coach in general. And, and the team was never really as good. They didn't win no. anything after that. And here's the thing. We're going to get to Mariucci later. I think behind that change, Eddie, and um, and Carmen policy, and you know, uh, uh, Carmen and I are friends. Yes. That was a bad move. It was. They never should have moved out uh, Seifert for Mariucci. No. Mariucci had been the coach at Cal. I think his record was six and five. That's he correct. Was, he was a good coach. He wasn't at the Seifert level. Um, end of story. Yeah. Let's let's stick with Seifert one more for a, a minute just to give him some props with his stats. Dad, in eight years with the 49ers, his record was 98 and 30. 98 <laughs> and 30. That's a 766 win-loss record. He never won fewer than 10 games in a season, ever. Never had a nine-game win season, never had an eight-win season. He was 14 and 2, 14 and 2, 10 and 6, 14 and 2, 10 and 6, 13 and 3, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. Got fired after going 12 and 4. How about that? How about that? He got fired after he went 12 and 4. Kyle yeah. goes 12 and 4, and people say he's a genius. Yeah, he got fired two years after he won his second Super Bowl. And they were like, get out of here. You're not getting it done. They haven't won a Super Bowl since. The, right. It's the curse of George Seifert. <laughs> okay, George, there's your props. Who's third? Okay, well, here's the two contenders. And they're close. Mm -hmm. Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. Iggy, I'm going with Harbaugh. Um, I, I, I'll tell you why. It's a it's a neck and neck, but I'm going with Harbaugh. They both got to the Super Bowl and lost, so they share that. Mm -hmm. As far as I recall, Harbaugh got, in additionally to two championship games and lost, mm -hmm. and Kyle got to three championship games and lost. So mm -hmm. they're they're really neck and neck. But look at their records. Yeah. Can you tell us their records? Okay, Coach. let me tell you. Let me tell you their records. So Harbaugh uh, was forty-four, nineteen, and one in four years, six ninety-five winning percentage. Kyle Shanahan was it is fifty-two and forty-six. Now what's people say, wait, what's the oh, percentage? Oh, uh, it is five thirty-one. Mm -hmm. Now people give Kyle kind of uh, excuses. Well, he took over a bad team. So did Jim Harbaugh. That team wasn't winning anything without him. Oh, well, uh, Jim Harbaugh's team had talent, and this team didn't. Well, this team had DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward. It had talent. And I think what happened was Kyle botched the first two years of the rebuild. He, like, I mean, he was terrible the first two years. It took him three years to figure out what he was doing as a head coach. Sean McVay down in L.A. took over a team that was coming off, like, 11 straight losing seasons and won immediately. So some coaches can turn things around immediately. Kyle took a few years, but eventually he did. But, look, I think the main thing that separates them is the quarterback position. Harbaugh got it. He nurtured it. He protected it. Kyle doesn't do any of those things. And Harbaugh was a quarterback. He understood it. This there dude it doesn't understand it. So I want to be real clear. And if people say they're haters, really, Kyle should be number one. Mm -hmm. Kiss my butt. What we're saying is yeah. he's, a he's a respectable number four. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, let's let's not even talk about Kyle yet. Let's talk about Harbaugh. Harbaugh was here for four years. He w lost 19 games. He uh, he he didn't just resurrect Alex Smith's career. He gave Alex Smith his career. His, his career was in the gutter, and Jim Harbaugh rescued him. 
Then he created Colin Ka- two quarterbacks. Neither one was great, but both of them became good under Jim Harbaugh. He had the right. best offensive line in the league. He had a great coaching staff. He had the best defensive coordinator in the league. He was really good. He was really good. Maybe he was a little abrasive. Maybe he wouldn't have worked long-term here, but he's still doing really well at Michigan. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think he has the kind of personality that after a while he doesn't get along with the people that he works for. I think he's difficult. Um, maybe yeah. Kyle is more diplomatic, but we're not talking about politics. We're talking no. about a coach. And right. I, I put, I, I'm confident to put Harbar at three and then to put Kyle at four. Well, okay, let's talk Kyle. I think it would come down to Kyle Shanahan or Steve Mariucci at four. Steve okay. Mariucci with the 49ers was 57 and 39. Now, he did take over a much better team. Uh, it's 57 39. He went to the playoffs. He didn't win that many. He won three playoff games. He was. Three and two in the playoffs. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is, I believe, four and two. And no, I'm wrong. He's one and two. He was one and two in the playoffs. Sorry about that. One and two. Mariucci never got to the championship game, right? No. So no. Uh, you know, I put him at, at, at behind behind Kyle at number five, but a respectable five, and not that much behind Kyle. No. I'm sorry. I'm, get, I'm getting. I want to get this right. He's three and four in the playoffs. Steve Mariucci. He's behind. He's behind Kyle. But one thing that Steve Mariucci did, he didn't find Jeff Garcia. Bill Walsh found him. But once he had Jeff Garcia, he kept him healthy, and they won. I mean, again, he had the quarterback. He had a. He had a stable quarterback position. He didn't have a room. He didn't have a competition. He didn't have a two quarterback system. He had one quarterback. He was tied to him. He kept him healthy, like a real like a real coach. You mean he didn't have a great quarterback room? No. He had Steve Young. Steve Young got hurt. Then he had Jeff Garcia. He wasn't messing around with three quarterbacks at once and flipping a coin and making them, you know, do a dance to see who's going to be the best quarterback. Yeah. You know, um, when Bill got Garcia, I heard Mariucci say to someone, he's just a guy. Yeah. and I think he'd admit that too. I think he said on the record, like I didn't see it. God yeah. love Bill because I didn't see it at all. I was going to cut him. Yeah, he said. Yeah. I heard he was going to cut him. He's just he's a guy, him. and that tells you. Uh, and Mariucci exactly was quarterback it. coach. He was he was Brett Favre's quarterback Correct. coach, and he Correct. didn't see a quarterback. And Bill did. Bill had right. played against him. He had played at San Jose Garcia. Right. So it's one thing to be able to coach a quarterback, which I think Mariucci did pretty well. It's another thing to be able to identify one. Right. Not many people can do that. Bill was one. And Kyle can't. No, Kyle cannot. So Kyle's four. Mariucci is five. And after that, I don't know how many good coaches we got left. Should we go through the rest? Well, let's try to make an order. Let's call those the top five. All right. Top five. Yes. Now we're going to a lower echelon. Um, So let me ask you this. Mike Nolan, what was his record? Okay, let me get Mike Nolan. He was 18 and 37. Not good. Not good. Not Ooh. good. Okay. But, I mean, uh, none of these guys that we're going to be talking about right now have good numbers. Okay, what was Singletary? Singletary was uh, 18 and 22, surprisingly. Okay, I'm putting Singletary at number six. Okay, fair enough. 
Now, let there me was tell something you. inauthentic about. No, I don't want to talk too. There was something uh, about Singletary that I think conveyed the message better than whatever Nolan was trying to convey. And I th- Singletary was on Nolan's staff, if you remember. Nolan got fired. Singletary replaced him. That's right. Yeah. Um, on the last yeah. day of the season, because um, Jed, Jed was in one of his hurries. Yeah. He's in one of his hurries. And he yeah. couldn't. Like, he was 27. He wanted to show yeah, he that hurry. he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He knew. As we'd say in Brooklyn, he knew. He was a knower. So Singletary was a joke when he was a coach, but really 18 and 22, that would put him ahead of all the rest of the coaches on, on this yeah, list. Yeah, I put him at number six. I have things yeah. to say about Singletary. Yeah. First of all, I really like him. Yeah. I think he's a really good guy. And yeah. he was is a Hall of Famer, great pre, great player. And there's a real presence around Singletary. He has a deep voice like James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he has a lusty laugh. He's very yeah. intelligent. He just one of the greatest football player. players of all time. Also, I mean, he he is a legend. A legend. And here's, I think his limitation as a coach was this: I don't think he was particularly interested in details. X's what and O's. People, uh, call X's and O's. Right. I don't think he was very good at it. What he was good at was projecting his personality the way Harbaugh could right. and rousing a team. Right. But he couldn't back it up. Harbaugh right. could back it up. Right. This one couldn't back it up. So what happened with the players, he would give them all these speeches. And after a while, they tuned out. They sure. thought, you know, he's he's just hot air. And in fact, his record wasn't that bad, but he he did talk better than he coached. He, if I remember correctly, he may have saved Vernon Davis's career. Vernon Davis came in the league, little yeah. troubled, uh, got thrown thrown out of games, would ups- get upset if he wasn't getting targeted a little bit like Terrell Owens, but not as good. And Mike Singletary t- turned him into a team player. If I remember absolutely correctly. yes, yeah, because he had that kind of gravitas. Absolutely. If if Mike Singletary is disappointed in you, it, it means something. Like he has the kind of gravitas that John Lynch has, and f- except. Yes. I mean, he got into the he got into the uh, Hall of Fame a lot quicker. So, better salute Mike Singletary. Than, better yes, player. I'll tell you a yes. funny story about Singletary. I used to talk to him. He was really a guy I, I liked a lot, and mm-hmm. you know he he was very religious. So he used to wear I I don't know if you he used to wear a cross. A big. It one. was really big. It was really I big. That. So it was so funny. So we were chatting one time, and I said, "I gotta say, Mike." Why do you wear such a big cross? And he said, you think this is big? I got bigger <laughs> ones at home. <laughs> he was cool. He, he was, was cool. Really cool. He was the he kind was- I was in college when you were covering him. And I remember you would challenge him and he would look, he wouldn't know, really know what to do with you. But then after the press conference, he would come over to you and say, that was good. Thank you. You made me better. Like he, he, he was. really was a competitor. He didn't, a true competitor doesn't get upset when someone goes head to head with them. They appreciate it and said, actually that. Just made me better. Thank you. As opposed to someone I, saying, who dare you talk to me? As like opposed that? to Mark Jackson. Right. Who dare? Who do you think you are? Yeah. As I'm the coach. Yeah. Let's Gotta just say love Mike. one thing about Mark, Mark Jackson, because last night, Denver won the whole uh-huh. thing, right? Uh-huh. Who's their coach? Mike Malone, the underling. Oh, boy. The underling. Okay, the underling. we're going to come back to the Niners in a minute, but Iggy was yeah. there. It was draft night, whatever, and he, Mark Jackson was the coach, and I had written something nice about Mike Malone. Yeah. 
Because he famously he, drew up the plays in the huddle and, while Mike Mark Jackson stood and watched. Famous. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he came over and in front of Iggy, he said that he was you crushed. Pissed. You killed me, man. You you killed me, man. You killed. Is that me. what he said? You killed you me. Killed man? me, man. You're like you're like what are you talking about? He's like, man, you gave my underling all the credit. Yeah, he called you gave my underling, underling all the credit. It's like, well, he just won a championship, <laughs> man. And you can't right, back. Get a, uh, okay. Yeah. No. No. No one wants you. Okay. Yeah. For good reason. Can you imagine the stories? Hey, Joe Lake, uh, we're thinking about hiring Mark Jackson. Anything we need to know off the record about Mark? Ha! <laughs> where, where, how much time you got? Okay, so we did Singletary is six. Who's seven? Okay, um, I'm going to say something weird. What about the butcher? No, okay. no. Who do we got? I left? think you got to put. Tom, I think you got to put Nolan here. And I okay. Yeah, I, I'm even attempting to put Nolan ahead of Singletary because that was Nolan's staff. He hired Singletary. He hired Tom Sula. He brought all these guys in. And he took over a team that had the number one pick in the draft and was starting over. So I think Mike Nolan was, I mean, he wore the suit. He was a little, uh, I mean, he had no success here. And he did throw Alex Smith under the bus when he got hurt. But he did put, he, he hired Tom Sula and Singletary. He, he deserves some credit. Some, okay. Doesn't he? Uh, and also he's a serious, he be, after that he was a serious defensive coordinator, coordinator in the league. Before he's and a, after. Yes. Before and after. He's yes. a really, really good coach. Yes. So fine. Uh, yeah. I, I stand Nolan. corrected. Nolan yeah. at number seven. Seven. And right? then and then the butcher. Then the butcher. Yeah. Okay. What is that. the butcher's uh um what was his record? It wasn't that bad. It was six and eleven. He was a interim coach for one game and won it. So six and eleven. Okay. Lost it. Sorry. Um, we're, we're talking about Jim Tom Sula, the, yeah. which I call the butcher and cause he looks like a butcher. Yeah. Um, did, what did he, did he do anything good as a head coach? He won, he won his interim coaching, uh, game. And then he won his first game. I think he won some games at home. I think that his team was pretty tough at home, but when they went on the road, they didn't compete. And we saw it the first road game in Pittsburgh, they got, they gave up 40 something points. Iggy, it wasn't I, competitive. Iggy, wasn't he the coach when they went to Cleveland? We went and he lost to Johnny Manziel. That's true. He lost to Johnny Manziel. And I got to tell you what happened before the game. The great center for the Niners, Randy, Randy Cross. Cross. Yeah. He, I, I was learning how to text that at that time. <laughs> Remember, Iggy? And I, yeah. Iggy and I are in the press box at Cleveland. And every once in a while, you know, we, Randy and I know each other. He lives in Atlanta. And he said, Lo, the Niners are going to lose this game. Yeah. And I thought, boy, you're crazy, Randy. What the hell do you know about football? The yeah. Niners lost to Johnny Manziel. And a day yeah. or two later, I just texted and I said, look, I, I, I thought you were wrong when you sent me that text, but you were right, Randy. Why did you reach those conclusions before the game? He said, on the road with that coaching staff, that's I didn't true. see how they could win. Iggy, that's a true story, right? That's what happened. That that team did not travel at all, um, but they did play kind of hard at home, and I think they were like 500 at home. Who cares? Tom Sula, number eight with the bullet. Who's number? Okay, so now we got, we have to figure out who was worse, Dennis Erickson or Chip Kelly? I'd have this to go a with tough the one. Chip. Iggy, it's a tough one, but I'd have to go with uh, Chip Kelly as the worst. As the worst? Okay. Yeah. So let's let's compare. Chip Kelly was famously two and fourteen. I believe he lost like eleven, thirteen something games in a row. 
And then we got Dennis Erickson with the, he, he coached for the Seattle Seahawks and was okay in the late nineties, came to the Niners seven and nine, his first season. Okay. Then two and 14, he had a chip Kelly. Oh, yeah. I, I think you'd have to put chip Kelly below him. Yeah. Dennis Erickson was the coach at Miami in the, uh, early late eighties, early nineties and won two national championships. Chip Kelly's been a coach in college for a long time, won zero national championships. I'm giving it to Erickson, and then Chip Kelly is the worst coach the Niners have, have had since 1979. I have to agree with you. I'm going to yeah. add one thing. Um, you talk about presence with the media. Um, Erickson was a veteran. He was yeah. a wily old fox. Right. When he first came in, this was before all the bullshit when you couldn't really sit in a coach's office, and, or if you did, the PR guy had to be there. Erickson knew who I was. Come on up, Lowell. We sat for an hour. We talked. We talked on the record. We talked off the record. He was a real grown-up. An old-school um, coach. Old-school yeah. coach. And yeah. you couldn't get near Chip Kelly. It's like the guy was the from the Wizard of Oz. He was behind the curtain. Yeah. Iggy, you didn't know what th- – yeah. did you ever have a conversation with, with that guy? No. And I, with people like that, you always wonder, like, why are you so closed off? What do you have to hide? How come Dennis Erickson is just dying to talk football and can't stop? Because nine out of ten coaches who are real coaches are dying to talk football and can't stop us, if, if you're listening. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So why don't you want to do that? Especially uh, Anyway. So, yeah, so I, I have to say I liked Erickson. I don't consider that he was a good coach for the Niners, but I liked him. With um, Chip, I felt he sucked as a coach, and he was a loser as a communicator. Get out of here. I felt like he was tanking the season, and he thought that they would fire Trent Balky instead of him and that he would get more power, and he miscalculated. I heard a story. Whoa. Can't confirm it, but I'd like to tell it. From what I heard after games on the road, you know, they fly home, and the coaches watch the film of the game immediately on the flight home. From what I heard, Chip Kelly would watch Spider-Man or other movies. <laughs> okay, but it's, it's, it's a rumor. I don't know that for sure. Don't know that for sure. It's a rumor, but wow. Let me ask you a question, sweetie, because you uh-huh. know this, sweetie. I just called him sweetie. Sweetie. If Sweetie, if sweetie you're a, a head coach and instead of watching the game film on the plane, you watch Spider-Man, can Spider-Man help you be a better coach? Is there anything in Spider-Man? Well, he has superpowers. I yeah. don't think – yeah, I don't think so unless okay. you can somehow get the technology into your quarterback so that he's more – Ex- explosive? I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps. Okay. It's plot structure, so- <laughs> character development, special effects. I don't think any costume design. Maybe costume design could help your team. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So maybe <laughs> Sorry, he just Chip. Had, a, had a weakness for Spider-Man. And what, what's really unfair about this is I'm not a fan, but I kind of like the rah-rah UCLA stuff because I went there, so I have a little bit of an interest in their teams and of course chip kelly has to coach their football team so i'm now rooting for him to do well i guess although i don't care in fact i'd like him to get fired so i could root for someone else (laughs) okay let's get this one super chat easy sanchez says what's up grant did you look into the peter principle if so do you and your dad think it applies to kyle shanahan with this roster harbaugh would have won already hold on what is the peter principle the peter principle Person who is competent at their job will earn a promotion to a position that requires different skills. Yes. So the, it's 
You're good at a job. You get promoted. You're good at that job. You get promoted. Eventually, you get promoted to a job you're not good at. And then you stay there. Yeah. And that's maybe where Kyle's at. It's possible. Iggy, do you think with this team, Harbaugh would have won a Super Bowl? He didn't win a Super Bowl with his team. I don't know. Yeah. I would I say know. no. If they know. gave him this quarterback room, I don't think, I don't want think it. he I don't think he'd he'd say I don't want it. I I want a quarterback. I don't yeah, want I don't a room. Want yeah, I, don't I don't want a room. room. I don't know what Kyle's. I don't want this offensive line. And I don't want this quarterback room. Yeah, only one he might want is uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he want Brock and Trey and say I coach coach them both better than Kyle. Or maybe he'd say this is ridiculous. I don't know. Let's talk about these yeah. quarterbacks. We did the head coaches. Let's rank the best quarterbacks the Niners have had since 1979, starting with the best of all time, which clearly is Steve Young. Just kidding. <laughs> But I'm a well, Steve guy. I'm so a Steve hold guy. on. Yeah. Um, we're going to say number one is Joe and number two is Steve. Can we make an argument that Steve is better than Joe or is it useless? Because think, let me say one thing, Iggy. I Steve thinks he was better than Joe. I think Steve's a better athlete than Joe. I think you could do more with Steve as a play caller. I think he had a better arm. I think he was faster. I think he was bigger. Um, Joe had legendary moments of spontaneous genius. And we're going to come back to that phrase a little later. I don't know that Steve had the spontaneous genius that Joe had under the most, the highest of the pressure situations. You'd have to tell me. But in terms of just like physical skill sets, it, it's Steve. Yeah. Um, I would, well, first of all, Joe won four Super Bowls. Correct. He and did. Steve won one. He did. So I think that puts Joe. But if ahead. Steve had gotten to play in his twenties on that team, yeah. like Joe did, I, I look, I didn't ever see Joe play. I wasn't. But you, but you, if Steve, you can't do the if he didn't. You can't. That's he you know, can't life do the is if. What, you can't. Do you the can't if. do the if. All right, let's go, Joe. One. Let's go, Hold Joe. On. One. Okay, Joe. One. Um, what Joe had for me, he had two things over Steve. One, Steve was, I would call, an emotional quarterback, hot. Mm. And I think that um, he would get real worked up before games. He would, he was a passion, he's a passionate guy, and I think it worked against him. Almost Joe, like a safety. Yes, yes. Yeah, almost like John Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Joe is almost, you get the feeling when he walked onto the field, someone stripped emotion from his personality. Yeah. That he went out bored. Dis disconnected and yeah. that worked his advantage. Yeah. And, and the other is, I think Joe for medium and short range passes was the most accurate Perfect. I've ever seen. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've mentioned this before on our broadcast. One time Bill Walsh was watching tape of Joe because he was going to make some presentation. Joe was winning an award or something. And Bill called me and he said, you know, Lowell, I, I haven't watched Joe in a long time. And I'm, I was sitting here today watching his tape. He said, every pass was exactly where it had to be. Every, mm. and there was, what was in his voice was love. Love. Yeah. Okay. So let me be Steve Young's um, lawyer here, advocate, because someone has to argue on his behalf. Yeah. Joe was great. Joe was accurate. You know who had a higher completion percentage than Joe Montana? Steve. Steve. Yeah. Steve. Steve was great. Steve, Steve was very accurate. And one thing that's cool about Joe, I feel like 
since he wasn't the most physically gifted quarterback, the, the legend, as time goes on, people think like, oh, he was little and he couldn't throw downfield at all. I went back and watched his 50 greatest plays of, of his career on YouTube. It's about 10 minutes. Some he was a good athlete. He didn't have a weak arm. I mean, he could really put the ball down the sideline to Jerry Rice if the defense dared him to. So I think he deserves a little credit for his athleticism too. Joe. Yeah. Joe. So I want to just point out, you were going to be Steve's advocate. Yeah, but then I went over to Joe. Then I went over to Joe. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, Sorry about it. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, yeah. Steve. I mean, the sorry, fact Steve. is, when, when I see Joe, we're polite to each other. Mm -hmm. We're polite. Although the last time I was with him in person, Peter McGowan was there. Poor Peter died. And I was chatting with Peter McGowan and, and Joe came over with Jennifer and he just starts talking to Peter McGowan like I wasn't even there. And yeah. finally, and didn't introduce me to his wife. So I finally interrupted the conversation. I said, hi, Jennifer, I'm Lowell Cohn. And she said, oh, you're Lowell Cohn. And we shook hands. So I don't know if Joe doesn't know better or if all these years later, he still doesn't want to know from me. Whereas when I see Steve, we give each other a hug. It's a warm yeah, well, guy. St Steve's a warm guy. Yeah. Dad, it, Steve in his prime, Joe at his prime, which quarterback do you think Al Davis would have wanted? Oh, I know. Uh, in fact, it came to that. It, yeah. was, <laughs> it was Steve. What happened was Bill was always playing with the idea of trading Joe. Bill never for a could long pull the trigger time. for a yeah. long time. And um, it was Seifert who pulled the trigger. Right. And that's why Joe hates Seifert. But if um, you go back and look, Joe won the Super Bowl in 84. Then he had, I think, three first round exits in the playoffs uh, in a row after that. I mean, it wasn't going so well in the late 80s until, you know, it did. But anyway, go ahead. So Bill called Al Davis. They had a very strange relationship they knew each other very well they sometimes socialized but i don't think they really liked each other or or i'll say i don't think bill liked them as much as al liked him i so, do believe um, that bill coached for al like on the raiders a long time so there year. was a relationship and, yes and but then he wouldn't pay him enough right. and so bill left, left. And, and coached a semi-pro team correct right 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 so okay the so Apaches? he sent the Apache, San Jose Apaches. Okay, yeah. And yeah. and later on, Al used to rub that in in public. Yeah. You know, the guy yeah. coached the uh, minor league team. So yeah, uh -huh. Uh -huh. he sent um, tape of Joe Montana to Al Davis. Yeah. Al looks at it and calls him back. He says, look, Bill, I don't want him. I don't want Joe Montana. My wide receivers will outrun his arm. That's what he said. Because and what Al would. wanted was the bomb the one mm -hmm. big play, and really fast receivers. Mm -hmm. And Joe could not get – according to mm -hmm. Al, Joe could not get it down there fast enough. So Joe said, but I'll tell you what. I'll trade you for Steve Young. And Bill said, no way. No, no way. So that really – I know for a fact that that really did happen. So what does that mean? If 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 Bill was willing to trade Joe but not Steve? what is, I mean, yeah, Steve was a three, four, five years younger, but still, what does that mean? I know it's it's Iggy. It's intriguing. And you never so, got a straight answer out of Bill from, on that one, did you? No, no one ever did. I always, I asked him one time who was you know your your best quarterback, and he said, "All I say on that subject is Steve is the best athlete I ever had as a quarterback." Okay, that's how okay. he, he kind of okay. weaseled it, right? Yeah, but it sounds like he's partial to Joe. Al would have been partial to Steve. Okay, there's a debate there. Let's go to number three, unless you got something else you want to say about those two. What it says is 
you, it, you could say who's the greatest quarterback, but then you have to add, if you're sophisticated, for which team and which system. Correct. And I think with the, the correct answer is that those two quarterbacks are two of the 10 best quarterbacks ever. Oh, God. Two. Uh, and, and Joe uh, may be the best. Joe may be the best. Steve, I mean, th- th- there are so many quarterbacks I would take uh, Steve Young over. Like, yeah. Drew Brees, all-time great quarterback. Give me Steve. Aaron Rodgers, all-time great quarterback. Give me Steve. I agree. Yep. Oh, I agree. Even Steve. Peyton Manning, all-time great quarterback. I think I'll take Steve. Yeah. That's just me, though. That's just me. His numbers aren't there. He didn't, start, he didn't play until he was 30, but... He was just as accurate as any of those quarterbacks I just mentioned with mobility. Yeah. And he was a real winner. He was a A real real winner. winner. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Number number three. Number three. Hold on. Uh, I'm thinking as fast as I can. I'm going to have to say Jeff Garcia, number three, in in this time span. What would you say? Absolutely, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia, for three years, 2000, 2001, 2002, was a top 10 quarterback for sure in the NFL, borderline top five. I mean, he was up there with Peyton Manning, uh, Brett Favre, uh, Kurt Warner. He was in that class at that time. He was great. And he was like Bill Walsh's final gift to the organization. Which the organization almost didn't appreciate. No, they they ran him out of town after one down season. Goodbye. And And they still haven't replaced him. He's the last Pro Bowl quarterback they've had. And I want to tell you something else, Ziggy, because I covered, obviously, when Garcia was the quarterback. You know that Terrell Owens hated him. Correct. He hated every quarterback he played with. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, So after games, everybody everybody demanded that Terrell Owens would come to the podium because they knew that he would crap on Garcia, and he did it week after week. They had that other quarterback, the rat. They called rat something or other. Tim Rattay. Tim Rattay, he, he was sucked. saying that, and he was saying Terrell Owens after games that he, the rat should be our quarterback. Wow! And here you have Jeff Garcia. So what I want to say is the organization did not do well by him, and I think Erickson no. was the coach. Erickson should not have allowed Terrell Owens to go up and say that stuff. You're not wow. going to the podium today, uh, To, yeah. and yeah. you know, um, I don't get to vote for the Hall of Fame, and that schmuck made it in. From that alone, I wouldn't want him to be in because he was uh, he was he was never a team player. It's the ultimate team sport. He was never a team player, like the most the least team player I've ever seen. I think there should be a consequence for that. Anyway, well, I wouldn't have voted him in. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have either. Even though he has, he was a me guy, not a team guy. End of story. Yeah. End of story. Deal breaker. He was great when he was young, and Jerry Rice was on the team, and he kept To in check. He was maybe the best number two wide receiver I've ever seen. But once Jerry left and T.O. became T.O., it was over. Yeah. He was a bad influence. Anyway, we don't need to go there. Jeff Garcia, number three, Pro Bowl quarterback. Walsh found him. He was small like Purdy, but he was a big, strong. He was strong. I remember him having muscles and being, uh, I don't know, just more physically imposing than Purdy. So, And again, he was a guy too. you you could talk to, you know, yeah. if I asked for an appointment with him, 
we would sit in a room alone and, and talk. I don't know when this changed, that you can't sit alone with a goddamn quarterback. But Jeff Garcia was, I'm going to put it like this, he was a normal person. And Iggy, you know from me about an athlete, normal is the best adjective. It's it's yeah. the highest yeah. praise. Yeah, yeah. Alex Smith was normal. Um, oh, I mean, Alex Smith, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so again, with Jeff Garcia, he missed, he, he played he missed no games in those three seasons I was telling you about. Oh, three, he missed three games and they ran him out of town. Like, not only was he playing at an excellent level, but he was on the field playing, running, being tough, not missing games. I mean, he was, to me, he was a franchise quarterback. And people don't remember, it was a long time ago, but he was better than Donovan McNabb. McNabb was Andy Reid's uh, quarterback at the time. And Andy Reid won a lot of games with Donovan McNabb, who was a good quarterback. Garcia was better. He was just as mobile, if not more mobile. He was more accurate. He was better, in my opinion. Yeah. Bill Walsh did not like Donovan McNabb. I told you the line. He said, yeah. Lowell, when I watch this McNabb play, he's a different quarterback on every throw. He doesn't yeah. have the same throwing motion. I can't have a guy like that. Oh, he was yeah. very down on McNabb. Yeah, and if you look at McNabb's numbers, he was completing 57% of his throws, 58% of his yeah. throws, while Garcia was completing 63, 64, 65. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Garcia was underrated. They ran him out of town. Who's number four? Ooh, um, I'm tending to say Alex Smith, but I'm you may be better at this than me. Who's the competition? Kaepernick? We're, um, we're at the Kaepernick, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo level. Which one was the best of those three? Well, I'm going to say Alex Smith. I'm going to say Kaepernick. Let's make, let's make our arguments. You go first. Okay. Could you give us some stats? Yes, 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 yes. Um, Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith was on some bad teams, remember? So his numbers weren't great. He was on a lot of bad teams. Uh, with the Niners, he was 38 and 36. He completed 59% of his throws. He threw 81 touchdown passes and 63 picks. But when Harbaugh got there, those two years, he was 19 and 5 in those two years. He threw... 30 touchdowns and 10 picks in two years. Uh, it's basically a season and a half. Remember, he got replaced. And he won that really impressive playoff game against the Saints and Drew Brees. He beat Drew Brees. And then he lost that heartbreaker the next week at home when Kyle Williams fumbled the, uh, mm. the, the twice. And then, he, and then he never played again for the Niners in the playoffs. So you could argue, he, he, was, he was very good. And what were Kaepernick's stats? Okay, let me get Kaepernick's stats. Now, Colin, again, he tailed off once Harbaugh left. But when Harbaugh was there for those two years, he was 17-6. and six. Uh, In those years, he threw 31 touchdown passes and 11 picks. Very, very similar numbers to Alex Smith. The difference was in the playoffs, if you remember, um, Kaepernick was really good. He was 4-2 in his career. He uh, had a 100 quarterback rating that first year when he went to the Super Bowl. He was just a devastating runner in the playoffs. I mean, he ran for 10 yards of carry in the playoffs, 500 okay. yards in six games. He was very difficult to stop, even though he was okay. an imperfect quarterback. Okay. Th uh, you know, I think you've made a very good case. Let's put Kaepernick number four. Okay. Um, yes. What were you going to say? Last thing I'll say on Kaepernick, we've talked about it a lot with Walsh. He would talk about the limit of your offense. What is the limit of your offense? I think with Kaepernick, when he was at his best for those two years, there was less of a limit than with Alex. It was, who was a very higher careful. limit. Was a oh, high, yeah. yeah. 
Now, he never fulfilled all of his promise. There was a moment, I think, where a lot of people thought Kaepernick could be the best quarterback in the league, could become that. He never did. But the limit was, and that's why he was able to carry the Niners in playoff games in ways that Alex Smith couldn't and Jimmy Garoppolo never could because they were limited. Fair enough. I'll tell you why I tended. I'm going along with you. I'm putting him ahead of Alex Smith. I... I don't like Kaepernick and you, as Fair. you, and you, Fair. I don't like him. He was very and rude to the media. He, he was awful. But yeah. in addition, Iggy, he brought chaos and, and he did, uh, and rancor to the team. Um, and it speaks very poorly of, of Chip Kelly. Chip. That to let that happen here, you have a football locker room and this guy is talking about the oppressor and, you know, uh, all the crap that he was talking about. It's now, supposed to be it, about football. It's supposed to be about Some football. of it was probably legitimate, you know, about, about uh, police brutality. I'm not arguing about that. But you don't do it in a football locker room. Go outside in the hallway. I believe that he polarized the team, that the it became more about um, social unrest than about football. So I tend to grade him down the way I would grade Terrell Owens down because they were negative influences in a football locker room. But on pure performance, I guess Kaepernick is better than Alex, although I don't think Kaepernick worked hard at his craft, and I think after a while he was a substandard quarterback. Yeah, where Alex Smith never ever was. I mean, after he became good. That's fair. Yeah. But, you know, Alex Smith's best – years were with Andy Reid. How about that? After the 40, after you left the 49ers. Right. And in fact, he did very well with Andy. He did very well with Andy Reid. Never, never really did much in the playoffs. He was limited. Al, let's talk about Alex Smith now. I think I would put to me, so who would you put? I would put Alex Smith above Jimmy Garoppolo because I think there's more. He was mobile. He was smarter than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Alex Smith could go to the line of scrimmage before the play and figure out what the defense was doing as well as any quarterback in the league not named Peyton Manning. He could do it. I I agree. He could do it. I remember there was a game he went to Lambeau and beat uh, Aaron Rodgers essentially doing that. He just kept getting the Niners into the right play before the the play started. And he just kept kept getting these long runs. It's like, hey, got to give it to Alex. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jimmy... um is not a bad quarterback. No, he's not. Jimmy is relentlessly mediocre. Yes. In every way. Mediocre. Relentlessly mediocre. And I don't consider Kaepernick at his best or Alex Smith at his best relentlessly mediocre. I always think Jimmy was relentlessly mediocre. Right. Like with Kaepernick and Smith, neither one of them turned the ball over very much. Jimmy had no conscience. Kaepernick and Smith were both mobile. Jimmy was a statue. Uh, Kaepernick and Smith both had kind of strong arms. Kaepernick especially. Jimmy didn't. So, right. I mean, and he didn't even, he would make those bad decisions too that you would be like, so yeah, I, I would have to say that Jimmy was on some really good teams. Jimmy did do some things really well. He had, I mean, like Alex was too careful. It was almost a fault. It was like, dude, you got to throw It was a fault. It, it was, was a fault. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, you'd never say he was too careful, right? Which is why he was actually, every time it was third and whatever, you had a chance with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yes. He wasn't just going to check it down and say, oh, sorry, like Alex Smith would and did. I agree. Yeah. So Jimmy was a good quarterback. He's definitely in the pantheon of Niner quarterbacks. After him, 
After him, you don't really, I mean, you got guys who didn't play very much, right? Who are we talking name, about? Name some Sean names. Hill. Sean Hill. Uh, Troy Smith. Trey Lance. Brock Purdy. Blaine, Blaine Gabbard. Blaine Gabbard. Uh, Tim Rattay. Forgettable, right? Forgettable. So it's basically five guys who matter since 1979. And Jimmy's one of them. Yes, absolutely. But now they got three guys in their quarterback room. Maybe all three of them will be in the Pantheon one day, Dad. Well, here's what I want to say. It's true they don't have anyone now that can compete with those really good quarterbacks we've talked about. But the quarterback room Together. Is yeah, if you have that quarterback room. Uh, I, if they combine except, forces. <laughs> except I'd have to think when they had Joe and Steve in a quarterback room, that was a pretty good quarterback room. And Steve yeah. Bono in there, too, who could Steve really Bono. play. Yeah, He yes. won games, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that was a pretty good quarterback. And, you know, but it's interesting. Bill never said to me, Lord, what you need to have is a quarterback room. All yeah. the hundreds of hours we spoke, he never talked once about the quarterback room. <laughs> One more thing that Jimmy Garoppolo was mediocre at best at doing. Staying healthy and playing yeah. through injuries. He did it sometimes, but other times. That's a huge requirement of a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Playing the game. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. who his coach was? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. L let's talk about Bill Walsh, how he sc scouts quarterbacks versus how Kyle Shanahan scouted, scouts quarterbacks. Okay. So Bill Walsh, um, one of the things I think is so cool about him is he understood how special he was. He needed to record it for future generations. So he recorded all of his meetings. He recorded all of his installations. And in 1997, he wrote essays detailing how he scouts every position on a football team. And so now someone like me who never met Bill can go back and read it and try to figure out what to look for and what he would think of the quarterbacks on the Niners right now. Um, so I found the essay and I wanted to sort of give you the Cliff Notes version of it because it's very interesting. So it starts and ends with two things you can't coach. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was all about what he can do or what he wants or what fits him. Two things can't coach that you got to have. Starts with instincts and intuition. Intuition. Can't coach it. Now, if you don't have instincts and intuition, you can still be good, but you never be great. And then at the end, it says, uh, he says, you have to have something called spontaneous genius. And the, and the idea is a great coach like Walsh can, you know, have his whole playbook and scheme it up and everything looks good, but eventually in that game, Someone's going to slip falling a route. Someone's going to slip running a route. You know what I mean? Someone's going to, there's going to be chaos on the field, on a critical play, down five in the fourth quarter. What do you do? Do you say, do you throw it away and say, hey, coach, the guy fell, um, sorry. Or do you make a play? That's spontaneous genius. And again, that's not something you can coach. It's nothing to do with Bill. And what essentially he's saying is the great ones, it's like they're on their own at a certain point. You know, they're, and I, I've never heard Kyle ever say anything like that about a, a quarterback. So I think that's Can I tell important. you who had spontaneous genius? Who? Jeff Garcia. He did. He did. Can I tell you who doesn't have it? Who? Any quarterback on the quarter on the 49ers right now. Well, I think part of the thing that was exciting about Purdy last year is he showed a little bit of it at times. Purdy. Okay. I don't know. Maybe 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 we were just getting caught up in the uh in yeah. the moment. Okay. Because he was a rookie and he, you know, saved the season. But yeah, Garcia had it. What did uh, Ira call him? A chaos quarterback? 
That's what he called him. He said he used to write that Garcia was a, a chaos quarterback, that when it was chaos, the play was just beginning. And, you know, Russell Wilson used to be that way, too, when he was good. Absolutely had spontaneous genius. Steve had it. Joe had it. Very oh, important. God. Yeah. Very important. What other, what other things did uh, Bill say in the essay? Can you, is, So uh, other things that he looks for are uh, he says in terms of arm strength, it's not important, but what he's looking for is he needs to see your full in, he needs to see what throws you can make. So he can sort of make an inventory and figure out the emphasis of the offense. It's not like, do you fit my scheme? Right. It's just, what can you do? Okay, you don't, and he says, there have been all-time great quarterbacks that did not have the full inventory of throws. I just need to know what you can and can't do so I, so I can tailor the emphasis of the passing game to what you do. That's it. That's all arm strength is really about for him. I thought that was interesting. Now, what's critical what, for him, go ahead. Yeah. Well, we know a coach that feels that way. Another coach, of course. you and I. Like, of course, arm strength is important, and if Bill Walsh had jo John Elway, he wouldn't complain about it. But if you have a quarterback who doesn't have arm strength, Bill won four Super Bowls with him. So, or three. So it, it can be done. It can be done. So arm strength isn't huge. It's just important to know so you can build your offense as opposed to Kyle who has one offense and is looking for someone who fits his scheme. Other thing, mobility is critical for him. Arm strength isn't, but mobility is. And he says, he compares it to immediately a boxer. He says, oh, like, you know, in the 80s, there were a lot of great boxers, but Sugar Ray Leonard was the quickest and that's why he was a great champ. Like, that's what he thought separated Sugar Ray Leonard from Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler, quickness, not necessarily power or hand speed, foot speed. So that is critical for him, and it's so not critical for Kyle, who coached Jimmy Garoppolo for five years. Right, and Bill used to call slow quarterbacks moving platforms. That's what he would talk to. I, Lowell, I don't want a moving platform. I want a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, last thing uh, he mentions. Go ahead. Ryan, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Ryan, yes. the guy you yes. see in Atlanta, moving platform. Would you agree? Yes. What's Absolutely. his first name? Um, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. He's a classic yeah. moving platform, right? Yep. So it's interesting to like things that Bill Walsh determines are like must-haves. So arm strength isn't a must-have, but here's one. It's at the end of the essay. Quarterbacks must be able to function while injured. The pro season is, is about twice as long and more punishing than a college season. They are vulnerable to getting hit hard every time they pass. They must be able to avoid getting rattled, get up, and show they are in control and can continue to lead an offense. That's critical, and Jimmy never had that. And Brock hasn't shown that he has it. And Trey hasn't shown that he has it. And Darnold hasn't shown that he has it. It's critical. And Kyle hasn't shown that he has it. Nope. He gets him hurt. And what's gets more, he doesn't look for that quality. Right. So what so what 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 Walsh is looking for is I need a guy who's mobile, who's um durable, who has instincts and who has spontaneous genius. Because if he has those things, I can build an offense around him. Okay, he has a strong arm, fine, I'll work with him. He has a weak arm, strong, fine, I'll work with him. But if he has those four things, I can build something. Kyle isn't looking at it like that. He's like well, um, I'm a play action guy, so I need to see you under center. I need to see you turn your back to the defense. You know, I'm looking for specific things so you can run my scheme where Bill's thinking I can build something. I don't care. I'll build something new. It's a difference. So, so it's a difference between a scheme coach, Kyle, you got to fit these five criteria. 
that I have, whereas Bill says, I don't really have, in terms of play calling criteria, what do you like, what can you do, and we'll work with it. I'll change. I, I'm malleable. I'm flexible. Oh, boy. Uh, I see that as a stark and important difference between one of the greatest coaches who ever lived and a, and a, and a good coach. Right. Like, so so for, from Walsh's perspective, there's certain things I can't coach. Instincts, spontaneous genius mobility and durability and toughness. I can't coach any of those things. So you got to have those. Otherwise, you know, like the way you throw, your footwork, your mechanics, I can coach all of that stuff. I'm great at that stuff. But those were his must-haves. Kyle, he can't coach anything. And so the must-haves aren't, and he only knows one scheme. So the must-haves are all things that fit his scheme. So why why didn't he draft Patrick Mahomes? Probably didn't fit his scheme or he didn't think he did. Why didn't he draft Justin Fields? Well, he probably didn't fit, fit his scheme or didn't think he did. So that's that. That's the difference. That's the difference. Right. So he doesn't, he can't even see great Mm -hmm. qualities and great quarterbacks because he's not looking that way. Mm -mm. And really, if you think about it, Kyle and his dad want to do the under center play action stuff. That's 1990s football. You see it. You don't watch college football, dad, but you see it less and less in college football. If you ever turn on football on Saturdays, you see a quarterback in the shotgun almost nine out of 10 times. So, the pool of quarterbacks they have to, to, to draft from is shrinking every year. Few and fewer and fewer quarterbacks in college, under center, turning their back to the defense, doing play action. You know who did it in, in college? Trey Lance. Uh, so why they draft Trey Lance? Because of his skill set or because of a scheme fit? And then you get him here and you're like, oh, actually, he can't throw that. He's, he's not a natural thrower. We got to coach him. Can you coach him? Can you? Can you? Can you? Oh, no, I don't do that. Damn. <laughs> That I don't sucks. coach quarterbacks. I don't do that. Sorry. Okay. That's the difference between Kyle and Bill. Let's I, bring it into... I like, go ahead. You like that? What I want to say is, I would call what you just did enrichment. That was Thank enrichment. You. you brought something in that I didn't know about and I, no one else did. And we all learned from it. Kudos to you, Iggy. You know a quarterback I don't think uh, Bill would have wanted to coach? Brady. Hmm. Can't move. Why? Mobility okay. was a, a let, let me let me read, read you what he wrote about mobility. Um, mobility and an ability to avoid a pass rush are crucial. Some quarterbacks use mobility within the pocket. Now Brady did that just enough yeah. so they are able to move and pass when they feel a rush. But overall quickness and agility can make a remarkable difference. As an example, there were some very quick boxers in Sugar Ray Leonard's era, but he was quicker than they were, and because of that, he was a great champ. I feel like he was writing that for you, Dad. He was that was an homage to you. And your conversations with him. We talked about boxing all the time. I love that he thought of quarterbacks in terms of boxers. I love that. He thought it's of so the cool. world in terms of boxers. That's really cool. We used to argue so much about Muhammad Ali and Joe Lewis, who would win that fight. He thought Joe Lewis. That's interesting because, yeah, if Joe Lewis were a quarterback, he would be Brady, right? Yes. He's not moving too he, much. No, he's not. He, the economy he, of movement. Yeah. Here's the thing with Joe. Yeah. He was not fast on his feet. But he, his hands were very fast. Yes, and he and he he punched in combinations. It yes. wasn't just a left; it was a left, right, left uh, yeah. before you could even blink. Yeah, um, and yeah. I don't think Ali. This is we're off the subject. <laughs> as great as he was, I don't think Ali could ever hurt Joe Lewis. He didn't hit hard enough. Right, it would have been a very hard fight for Ali. Unless he that being said, like how many thief. people ever hurt? My, how many people ever hurt Ali? Right. Ernie Shavers did. 
He did. How many people knocked him out? Uh, well, Larry Holmes did. It's true. Yeah. It's true. How you yeah. ask me? I'm not. I yeah. know these. You're right. You're right. You do. Okay. You do. That's true. You do. All right. Let's bring it into the present. Where do you think the Niners are going to finish in the NFC West this year? They won the division last year. Okay. But they got a quarterback room and not a quarterback starter. So what do you think? Let's. Uh, there's four teams. Let's start from the bottom. See where we agree. The, I think we can agree the, on the bottom team. There's Cellar Dweller, right? Is Cellar Arizona. They Al- Arizona. They suck. And wow. <laughs> it, this is an organization that makes every wrong move. Mm-hmm. Every oh, wrong yeah. move. You know, you knew when, you know, hold on. You knew when they were screwed, when they leaked that information about Kyler Murray not doing his homework and that there was a yeah. clause in the contract that he needed to do his homework and they gave him the contract anyway. Like, what are you guys doing? Either you yeah. believe in him as a pro or you don't. What are, what are you doing here? So right. that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. So we can agree that there's major suckage there, not only for that team in the NFC West, but in the whole league. That's yeah. one of the worst franchises in the whole league, right? Yeah. Like if, if they could relegate the Cardinals, they should. Right. They're that bad. Okay. So number three, I'm going with the Rams. Okay. What about you? I'm going with the Rams too, but it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to be the third. I think people might be underrating the Rams a little bit this year. They were miserably injured last year. But as long as Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald are healthy at the same time, it's a team that could beat you any week. It's a 500 team. Okay, let me say this. It's a 500 team. I think Aaron Donald is overrated. I do. That may be. Uh, He's still really th- good, though. He may be he's overrated. He's not the greatest player of all time. He's not. He's not. But he's, he's very, very good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I think he takes plays off. It's true. I'll still take him over Eric Armstead. I'm sorry. Fine. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'll Just still take him over Eric principle. Armstead. I'll take him Yeah, but forget principle. Eric. Forget Aaron Donald and that whole defense. I'm talking the quarterback. I'm, how and about the, the quarterback? I'm the quarterback. not so sure about that quarterback. First, Well, he hasn't been arm. healthy in a minute. Hey, How's his know. arm? I don't know. If so I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable yeah. with them at number three. That's fair. That's fair. I think what, now fair. we're going to disagree. Now we're going to disagree. Okay. Who's your number three team? Number two? I'm, I'm an idiot. Number two. The 49ers. Tell us why they're number two. They have a hell of a roster. The defense is terrific, although... At some point, that defense is going to fall off a little bit, and they're on their third defensive coordinator. And I wonder, I like Steve Wilkes, but is there going to be a rough transition here with the defense? And as good as the weapons are on offense, they're great weapons from McCaffrey to Ayuk and Kittle to Debo. The offensive line is a weakness, and they don't have a starting quarterback. So I feel like the team ahead of the 49ers that I think in this division has a good offensive line and a quarterback that didn't miss a game last year. So that stability at those two critical spots, I think it's going to give them an edge. Um, the Niners were way better than this team last year, but this team is very young. They had a bunch of high draft picks that the Niners didn't have, and Pete Carroll is great at coaching young players. He's done this before. You always like you think of them being a year away, but I think they're there right now. Seattle as the number one team. Okay, so you have Niners two and Seattle one. Yeah. I reverse it. I have okay. Seattle two and the Niners one. 
I want to preface by saying I think the NFC West is weak. Yeah. I used to think it was the strongest division. I don't anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't like Seattle's quarterback. What's his name? That guy? Gino. Gino Smith, right? Uh-huh. Um, he makes some very good plays, and he has a strong arm. He also makes some really bad plays, Iggy. He, he I just don't feel he's a, a top-of-the-line competitor. I don't. Ooh. Okay. I, I wouldn't Does that offend you? I didn't think you were going to say that. Um, no, it's fine. that's fair. I was going to say, though, if you put the Niners quarterback room in Seattle, <laughs> the whole thing, that you could have it, Geno's still starting for them. I agree. I agree. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, say what yeah. you want about Geno, but he's better than what the Niners have. I have to agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also feel that it's true that Pete Carroll is an excellent defensive mind, but not offensive. And no. they they strike me year after year as having a very vanilla. simplified, stodgy, or vanilla, vanilla offense. Super. I, yeah. I don't like the way they play. I'm not wild about their quarterback. Yeah. Um, I just with you on that. It's not a team I believe in. So the best me, thing, their best play on offense for ten years was Russell Wilson running around for ten years. <laughs> right. It was, and now he they can't do that anymore. You're right. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So what yeah. I oh wait, okay, we have a dilemma with the Niners. I'm putting them yeah. first on. Okay. I'm, I'm listen. I'm putting them first on overall talent. Um. I'm. I think Seattle has a better head coach. Yeah. Um. This guy's won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Pete. Okay. This yeah. other guy we, hasn't won a Super Bowl. I think. <laughs> excuse me. Pete's a better head coach, and Pete does have a better quarterback. But I think the talent gap is is extraordinary and in spite of the fact that the Niners don't have a quarterback but have a quarterback room I eke them ahead eke e-k-e I eke them ahead of Seattle I just I just think the Niners are flirting with disaster I think they're floating with disaster this year because because they're not preparing any quarterback to start not one what they're doing I'll make that my last point what they're doing is Hoping and praying Brock Purdy comes back before week one. He's not going to have OTAs, mini camp, training camp, preseason. He might have three weeks of practice. That's risky. So if if Brock Purdy didn't have this injury and had the whole offseason, I would put the Niners number one. But he did get injured. He's not going to have the offseason. So either he starts and he's not ready, or Trey Lance starts off an offseason where he split reps with Sam Darnold, or Darnold starts in an offseason where he split reps with Trey. I don't think any of these guys are going to be ready. Okay. I don't know. Here's, Maybe they'll here's get ready I, halfway through the year. Here's what I want to say. This is obviously the place for a bet. Ooh. We need to make a bet. Okay. What what okay. So let's define Half a the case? Bet. Ooh. I love Half it. Half a case? Half a case, Kermit Lynch? Kermit Lynch, yeah. Half a case. Half a case. Uh, Pinky, based on who, who who if if the Niners finish above the Seahawks in the division, I owe you a half a case. If the Seahawks finish above the Niners, you owe me half a case. Let me just put something else. To what if another team finishes above both of them, like the Rams? What if the Rams finish ahead of both of those? Is I don't the, think that matters. The, I don't. I don't okay. think that matters. All that matters is, who, yeah, yeah. Now the only way no one wins is if the Niners and the Seahawks have the same exact record at the end of the year. Right. That's a push. Yeah. But they probably would be a, a tiebreaker some, somehow. You know a what I mean? Breaker. So we'll, we'll have to, a tiebreaker. So let me ask you a question. This is a good bet. Will yeah. we remember it? 
I think they the people in the comment section, well, it's an easy bet to remember. Niners versus Seahawks. I pick Seahawks. You pick, you pick Niners. Half a case. I can remember that. Niners. I'd like it to be a half a case of red. Red, of course. Red. Okay. Are we going frog? Or does it not matter? Well, they have some good Italian over there. <laughs> True. Right? True. So it's a mixed case. Okay, sounds good. A mix, like, <laughs> sounds how about good. that? Everyone thinks you're going to win. They do? Everyone thinks yeah, Lowell is taking candy from fans. his baby. Because they're 49er taking... fans. I, I, I'm not That's a true. fan, but. All right. All right. Well, we're <laughs> an hour in. Is, the baby is a lot richer th- than me. <laughs> do you want to talk about managers real quick in baseball? Or should we? Do... Oh, yeah. We... I, Iggy, right. I got to tell you, I got nothing to do today. When we're done, I'm going to go down to Safeway and pick up some lettuce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. That's a, some lettuce. That's a, that's a full some day. Lettuce. There you go. There you go. Okay, okay, okay. So I went to the Giants game on Saturday with my friends and my wife, and we sat uh, right behind first base. It's great seats at uh, whatever they call that place now, Oracle. Oracle. And Oracle. And um, Giants lost. The Cubs pitcher starter threw a one-hitter through eight. I mean, it was they played a very traditional game of baseball. They had a starting pitcher. They had a closer. They scored runs. They won. The Giants had an opener. And then they had a middle reliever and then a second middle reliever and the first guy pitched well and then the second guy freaking sucked and he they stayed in. And then I don't understand what the hell Gabe Kapler does is what I was. I was sitting there. I just didn't understand what his strategy was. It didn't work. He didn't adjust. He lost. And I was thinking, like, what are they paying him to do? He's so not the manager. I remember Bruce Bochy or Dusty Baker being. Well, I, I watched that game because I don't usually, but you were there. And plus, he threw a no-hitter through seven and two-thirds innings. That was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. He put in the second pitcher. What was his name? Junis. Uh, something Junis. Okay. Who the? The guy gave up two home runs and four runs. Um, He let him stating in the game with runners on second and third. Who, and yes. And got, they got driven in. Yes. Any manager would have taken that pitcher out. And he didn't do it. So you have to think, did he have a game plan? They didn't want to deviate from it. Like, can you yeah. think spontaneously? Are you not allowed to take out a pitcher in the middle of an inning? What are you doing? <laughs> right. Right. It was a very poor show. On the other hand, two former Giants managers are kicking ass in uh, the American League. Bochi, who they put out to pasture, mm-hmm. has a phenomenal record. And Dusty, who just won the World Series, is uh, in second place. These and in addition, I know I'm going on, Nikki, but uh, bear with me. In addition, these are old style managers. I don't think I think they're aware of metrics and all that crap, all the numbers. But mm-hmm. I don't think they they go, oh, the numbers say I do this, or the numbers say I do that. Sometimes they go, I got a feeling because I was I was. A bo- I was a ball player. I'm a baseball man. As Isn't that the job? <laughs> really? What the hell are you standing there for? I thought that's the job. Like, obviously, there's a rotation and a lineup and a freaking plan. But you can see it happens every day. Oh, the guy doesn't have his stuff today. He just doesn't. He doesn't have his location. His breaking ball isn't breaking. His his fastball has no movement. Like, that's what you're there to watch. And you're supposed to react before you lose the game. But he doesn't do that. I don't understand that. I don't, don't either. Get I don't know how it works. Maybe he's being bossed around by people in the Maybe. front office. Now, let me just say this, Iggy. Um, I don't think 
in Texas or Houston, some 30-year-old math whiz is walking in to Bochy's office or Dusty's office and saying, this is your lineup today. This is your lineup. This is who you have to play. This is your batting order. I think on these um, analytics teams, i.e. the A's, I think Billy Bean and David Forst go in there and say, here you go. This is your, here you go. Uh, He's pitching the first two innings. He's pitching the next four innings. He's pitching the last few. That's how it goes today. Well, good plan. I I think that uh, under Billy and his minions, that in a sense, the manager doesn't get to manage. He's a figurehead, and I don't like it. And I like what Bochy and Dusty Baker are doing. Yeah, it's crazy how they try to phase out the manager from baseball. Where in football, I mean, the coach is almost... Almost as important as any player. It's like the quarterback, the coach, and he's very freaking important. But in baseball, they try to talk themselves into not needing managers. Good for Bochy and Dusty for showing a couple of guys in your age or a little bit younger showing everyone, hey, 30-year-old dumbass, look at what we're doing over here. This ma- The human element is important. Iggy, I got another question because I was yeah. retired. Why did the Giants get rid of Bruce Bochy? They got rid of Bochi and brought in this guy. Look how Bochi. Probably moved. because, if I remember correctly, they brought in Farhan, kept yeah. Bochi for one year because he was probably scared to run out of legend and a great manager. And he probably was telling Bochi what to do. And Bochi was like, dude, either let me manage or get me the hell out of here. Don't tell me what the hell to do, Farhan. Yeah. 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 So, Farhan, no success. Bochi, doing great. He might. Oh, I I'll give know. you another one. Farhan hasn't done Jack, right? They got rid of Sabian. Sabian yeah. won three World uh, World Series. In five years. Sabian's a good guy, and he's a yeah. serious baseball man. And uh-huh. I used to see his desk. He had all kind of numbers and all that kind of crap, but he also knew baseball. Yeah. You know, in yeah. spring training, I would be – I watched a lot of spring training games, Iggy. He wouldn't be in the press box, but he could see him right outside the press box, sitting yeah. in the stands, looking at everything. Yeah. Is Farhan doing that, or is he looking at his computer at numbers? I just think it's amazing how the Giants phased out their championship culture and brought in something else. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got Bochi doing well, Dusty doing well. Like, what? Sabian's gone. Like, what did you do? But uh, maybe they'll and I got out. one. I got one other thing to say. You know, Michael Lewis wrote the book Moneyball. It's a hell of a book. And Michael Lewis is a really good writer and a very nice man. So, Michael, if you ever hear about this, I love you and I'm not putting you down at all. But Moneyball, what did that amount to? Look look, look at the legacy of Moneyball right now in Oakland. That's Moneyball? Right. That's, Moneyball. That's not even baseball. Right. What the A's do isn't even baseball. No. No. And I, I know the Dodgers are very like analytics oriented and they won that one championship during the pandemic, yeah. but essentially they win the division every year and flop in the playoffs every year. And that's with a big yeah. payroll using the same principles. So yeah. I still think there's a place for, because essentially what Moneyball tried to do, that whole book was say that people like Sabian who go with their gut and a feel are full of shit. Right. Essentially. And it's time to sort of let the numbers take over. Like, okay, well, there's a place for both. This place for both. You got to work with both. And if you come back to Bill Walsh and what he's looking for in a quarterback, 
he's looking for quarterbacks sometimes who goes with his gut, who has to yeah. go with his gut, right? Spontaneous genius, instincts, spontaneous intuition. genius. And when when you have somebody, and I like Billy Bean. I'm I'm just trying to t- talk analytically. I know Billy, right. but when you have someone, a system general manager, who puts right. such pressure on you to play a certain way to be bossed around a certain way. How the hell can you as a manager have spontaneity? Right. And I think what, what Bochi proved when he won those three championships in five years is, you know, in pressure games, in the playoffs, he always f- read the game the right way, felt the game the right way, and took made the move at the right time. Yeah. Didn't he? I mean, he did it over and over and over and over and over again. But Kapler's over here saying, uh-oh, when can I take this quarterback, this pitcher out? I keep, sorry. When can I take him out? I, know. I couldn't believe it. Dad. Like, first of all, I don't get the concept of an opener in baseball. They're starting pitchers. But no, they had an opener this day. He went six up, six down. They take him out. Why? Leave him in. So you bring in the next guy. First thing he does is give, is give up a home run. The next thing he does is hit the batter. Like, that's so dumb. So stupid. I'd be pissed and if I was the playing opener, on that team. The opener was Brebbia, and they used him as an opener two days in a row. That's what I think happened. Two Did they win either game? Did they win either I game? Don't, I don't know. I don't follow. But I want to say something before we leave. I love baseball. Me um, too. You know, we love football. I, the NBA, no. But I love Major League Baseball. I grew up with it. It's such an interesting game. I am so glad they have the pitch clock, Iggy. Oh, I my am. God. It's great. I am. I You know, Phenomenal. I resisted it. I, I And it is... It's back to being baseball as opposed to it used to be. Oh, my God. I used to sit in the in the in the um, press box. This is like the fourth inning. When is it? Get in the batter's box. (laughs) Yeah, really. Richie Aurelia, he's my friend. He's such a nice man. But he after every pitch, I used to say out loud to myself, Richie, please don't do your gloves again. Please, please. please, For me. One time. (laughs) Right. No, because I felt so, what it was was it, it was basically like the the hitter and the pitcher trying to do this battle of putting the the the, the at bat on their terms, right? It's on my yeah. time. It's on. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a walk. I'm gonna take a walk. No, I'm taking a walk. Get in the fucking box. <laughs> Sorry, get in the box. What my favorite thing about Barry Bonds is he never stepped out of the batter's box ever, right. ever. Yeah, that's about God, my I love only that. favorite thing about him. And he choked he, up. That was cool too. He, he choked yeah. up. I love that too. It's a great hitter. Anyway, he was a great. Um, so I also like, although I think a manager should be able to position his defense however he wants. So aside from that's my philosophy, I like the fact that with all these shifts are gone. You oh, know, they change that rule? Yeah, you have to have two okay. on each side on okay. uh, on the infield. You have to have two on each side. What okay. I still don't like, Iggy, is the, the extra innings. You put the guy on second base. What is this, high school softball? It was his JV. What do they have to get home? Is it dinner time? What the hell is going on? That's funny. I don't like it. But the other things Uh, I do like. Okay, Kev F says thoughts on reverse protest. Top three A's all time. Yeah, my friend Devin texted me today. He's going. Did you hear about this? They're filling up the A's game, the A's game tonight, just to protest. I think it's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. It's pretty cool. They stay, and I hope they agree to stay at the Coliseum and just put up a new ballpark. Did they screw it in Vegas yet? Is that on? Well, it's it's on life support. Good. They couldn't get the votes last week. Good. But who knows? Good. Papa Phil says Papa Cone on Chronicle Live was classic TV. Yeah, it was. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, it was. Diego Visa, should the Niners sign Chase Young? I don't know about Chase. You talk about defense alignment with messed up knees, like he's the guy with the most messed up knee. So give him a physical. I don't know. Shreddy Murphy says, which current head coach do you think would be the best for the Niners with Trey at quarterback, uh, except Andy Reid? I guess Shannon name, uh, Shanahan name holds weight, but SF won't get Sirianni. Um, the guy in New York just did a good job with uh, Daniel Jones last year, Brian Dayball. He, Sean Payton. He's good. Sean Payton. Um, John Harbaugh. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. These guys would probably do a good job. Andy Reid would do a great job. Yeah, there are coaches out there that know how to do this. Good question, Shreddy Murphy. All right. All That's right. the show. All right, Dad. Good show today. We did good. Made something out of nothing. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, Iggy. Even if I me quote too. you, sweetie, I apologize. <laughs> you owe me a nickel. I owe you a nickel. But sweetie we made tag. a bet. We made a bet. That's <laughs> an important bet. <laughs> okay. I love All you, right, Iggy. Dad. I love you, too. I'll call you in a minute. Okay. Bye, See everybody. You guys.